0: You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. With more than 30 weekly podcasts, HRN has something for every food lover. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org.
1: Did you know that you can stream The French Chef with Julia Child on the PBS Documentary's Prime Video channel? See where America's obsession with cooking shows began and start your free trial today.
0: Welcome to Inside Julia's Kitchen, podcast of the Julia Child Foundation for Gastronomy and the Culinary Arts. I'm your host, Todd Shulkin, the Foundation's Executive Director. Our show takes you inside the Foundation's world to meet the talented people we have the great fortune of learning from all the time. On today's show, we're continuing our celebration of Julia's 110th birthday. We're marking the occasion with some of our favorite Julia moments from the last few seasons. Stay with us to join the party. As always, we launch the conversation with an inspiration from Julia. Welcome to part two of our celebration of what would have been Julia's 110th birthday. If you joined us in part one, you know that we had such a wealth of wonderful guests. We also had an abundance of terrific Julia moments. So many that we decided to bring you a double happy birthday Julia episode. Similar to when we're able to bring you a double Julia moment, we have more than one guest on the show. In part one, we focused on Julia's ability to inspire people to achieve their goals and Julia's writing as an inspiration to other writers. In part two, our Julia moments focus on Julia's gifts as a teacher and conclude with touching memories of Julia's unforgettable warmth and hospitality. So sit back, relax, and join our esteemed guests as they reflect on Julia's personal impact. We'll be right back.
2: When you flip anything, you really, you just have to have the courage of your convictions, particularly if it's sort of a loose mass like this. Well, that didn't go very well. See, when I flipped it, I didn't, I didn't have the courage to do it the way I should have. But you can always pick it up, and if you're alone in the kitchen, who is going to see?
0: As always, we listen to Julia's immortal words to introduce our Julia moment, our favorites from the past year. As loyal listeners know, at the end of every episode of Inside Julia's Kitchen, we ask our guests to share their favorite Julia memory, moment, or how she's inspired them in their career. Today's first Julia moment is from Chef Antonia Lafazzo from episode 152. Antonia was the head judge on Food Network's The Julia Child Challenge. She talks about her admiration, Julia's ability to show her love of food through her teaching. Antonia, what's yours?
3: I mean, I still stand by my Julia moment being the when she pulls the sword out of her holster, like, I mean, and and describes how to use the chickens that are in front of her, you know, obviously calling them the chicken sisters. I just, I can't stop thinking about that moment because for me, it sums up everything that I love about her, right? Very rarely do you hear chefs talk about, you know, they'll they'll take one chicken and break it down, but I still have yet to see a chef on television line up all the different size of chickens and why we use this particular size for this uh, cooking implement, for this style of you know chicken cookery, if you will. And it can be daunting. It can be daunting to see all of these different size chickens and why we use them. And it's information. It's like, do we really need this? It's just a chicken. But she tells it in such a way. And the humor behind it, you are sitting there like with a bucket of popcorn like i want to hear all about these chickens all day long <laughs> and to me as you know as a as a teacher of a teacher and obviously always a student of this craft it's so important to keep the fundamentals in cooking and teaching everything from the very beginning and we've lost a lot of that as we've gotten um you know older and technology has become you know, more prevalent and everyone wants everything so fast and we just need a piece of information to get the work done and how fast can we do it? And there was this kind of love story that she told through food that there was this very long beginning, this very long middle and this very long end because all of that information matters. And when you're a true, like a student of the craft, you want all of that information. Why wouldn't you? And she did it in a way where it was entertaining. She did it in a way that was, you know, you want to watch it over and over again because of the humor and the sarcasm, but she took sort of the seriousness out of it. You know, especially when you think about French cooking, it is the most serious thing that you can ever do in cooking. Very regimented, very, you know, and she took that sting away. And, but at the same time kept so true, to the fundamentals of cooking. And Blake will tell you, he saw all of us judges geek out every single episode on the basics and the fundamentals of these classic dishes that led one technique into another or one foundation cooking, uh, you know, mother sauces or clarified butter or fileting fin fish or beef bourguignon or cocoa vin and all of these things because they matter. It, you know, you, it's like, you know, you can, you can fish for someone or you can teach them how to fish, but instead of just being like, Hey, you know, this is how you fish for one fish. It's it's the very, very, very basic and foundation that all of these building blocks matter in cooking. And it only makes you a stronger, better, um, and you know, more specific cook. And so to me, that's my Julia moment, because I think it sums up everything that I love about her and everything that I love about our industry. Um, and it's a very important lesson to keep going because, You know, I don't want the next generation of cooks to skip all of those very, very, very um, important parts.
0: Well, and I think you just demonstrated why you were the perfect head judge for the show, because that was an amazing dissection of that Chicken Sisters clip, which usually people just <laughs> think is fun, but you're right, impart so much meaning and information. And um, if you're not familiar with it, or you don't remember it, um, the, the Chicken Sisters clip is actually, um, it shows up in the show, but it's also on the foundation's website. If you go to juliachildfoundation.org and click on videos, you can watch it. Thank you, Antonia. Next, New York Times food writer Eric Kim talks about how he channeled Julia to tackle the challenge of pulling off cooking demonstrations on TV when he was promoting his first cookbook, Korean American.
4: Eric, what's your Julia moment? Uh, it's I, mean, I can't believe you played that clip. It's actually related to that clip, so <laughs> uh, it's, it's kind of embarrassing. that I I did my first TV segment recently. Um, on one of those huge morning shows, you know, and it just was. You probably say it because <laughs> I think Julia was on it. it was it GMA? Oh, <laughs> it was GMA, and you know, Julia was, was on and, GMA for years. Oh, I, well, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like okay. So it's funny because I felt so alone that day because I'm really hard on myself usually when when I don't love the way my performance went or I don't like the way I spoke, and I, I think I was. I had just driven from. Atlanta to New York through a blizzard. I like chased the blizzard to make it back to my New York apartment so I can make this segment in time. And so, I was cooking. I was like a little stressed and my brain was buzzing. It was going blank. It was like that stage fright thing. And I just felt so I felt so bad about it. And then, of course, afterwards I talked to my friend Rick and uh, Rick martinez he's i'm I'm saying his last name' because he has a book coming out soon too, and we keep like plugging each other because we're anyway um he he gave Cause he sent that yeah because we're friends, but he sent me that that clip he's he he texted me that clip he was like, Eric, this is actually like what people were endeared by in regard like when Julia did this, people loved it, and you just have to be yourself and 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 then of course my you know, other people in my life were just so supportive, and they were like, "Actually, Eric, this is this is better than if you were polished. Like, you should you should lean into the the mess ups." And I think once I was able to let that go, my segments got a little better, and I was just able to s- relax and be like, "You know, I'm not perfect. It's never going to be perfect. It's a four minute segment where you're like squeezing in, you know, 15 minutes of cooking." And I think that I don't know in that way. I just forgot that I wasn't alone. it's part of. I don't. It, it feels like a little. um you know, almost self-aggrandizing to try to say that you're part of some genealogy. But um, I do recognize when, you know, I look through archives and I I notice that this famous person, or this famous person, or this person that I really looked up to, kind of went through the same thing. That feels really great and t- to know that you're not alone through in this genealogy. Which is cooking on TV. It's very ran- it's a weird thing. It's random. <laughs> no one, not many people do it. So <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know how I ended up here, but it's sort of this thing that um, I've sort of started to let go, um, let go, when I while I'm doing it, yeah no well and that's what exactly
0: what julia did and if you watch julia's shows back particularly the old ones she messes up yeah. constantly. Sometimes she can barely get <laughs> the sentence out, but I think it, it, it's exactly what it is. And someone said that to me when I was began hosting this podcast is, it's okay if you make a mistake. Everything doesn't have to be perfect. It makes you seem human and people appreciate that. And, yes. and in your defense, cooking on TV is literally the hardest thing you can do because it's, so it's literally yeah. like beat the clock and there's never enough time to even do what you've mapped out to the time. And then the host might ask, ask you a question and it's like it's almost impossible so you have to just i think i always (laughs) lean into what julia taught which is you prepare to the max and once the camera starts rolling you just let it all go and you go with the flow but it's the preparation that enables your flow to just somehow magically work even if it's not
4: the plan yeah does that happen that could make that could make me cry. Yeah, that does help. I just think, um, <laughs> we all have to just like let go a little bit, I think. You know, right when you started this segment, right when you started your introduction, you know, monologue, your speech, I was like, damn, that was perfect. He really talks well and, <laughs> I oh, like, really? I like, actually I, I, mixed up yeah. six different
0: lines because I can't, because um, I'm working from makeshift recording. Right now. <laughs> so see, oh there God. you go. <laughs> I, I just proved my the theory, which is all learned from Julia. Uh, so, Well, thank yeah, you for she that. Us so much. And, yeah, no, she did. And, and I remember that all the time. I give people that advice all the time. Julia taught you prepare, prepare, prepare. And once yeah, you're on, yes, yes. you let go. And it just, what happens, happens.
4: Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Such a, such a fun interview.
0: 2021 Julia Child Award recipient, food writer Tony Tipton Martin, our first repeat guest, gave us her second official Julia moment. Tony highlighted how Julia reminded her a good cook needs to look after herself at the same time as nourishing others. We're really putting the screws to you, Tony, to asking you for a second official Julia moment. Go for it?
5: Well, I can tell you that there's no screws because I have several. Okay. (laughs) Um, And um, as I said earlier, I didn't grow up initially um, studying Julia, but once I found her, um, I actually did study her ways. And we heard the kinds of things that she would say to encourage people to develop their courage. And one of the quotes, that I really loved was the way that she taught without being overbearing. Um, In one case, she was focusing on the importance of making diced vegetables. Um, She wanted them to be pretty and she wanted them to be um, precise and uniform. And so um, in her instruction to us as cooks, she said that when we trimmed the ends of the vegetables away, we shouldn't worry about those being Um, discarded, those were for the cook. And for the rest of my career and to this day, every time I chop a bell pepper or celery or any fresh vegetable that I'm trimming, I always nibble those ends and I think about her in the way that one might hold a toast to honor someone's memory. It's those trims, those vegetable ends that are trimmed that she uh, talked about in um, teaching us how to be better cooks.
0: Oh, I love that! I've never heard that before. I, uh, that's that's a great one. You have you've definitely now provided a second exemplary and memorable Julia moment. Thank you very much, Tony. My pleasure. Our last teachable moment is with Chef Claudette Zepeda in Episode One Fifty Seven. Claudette shares the influence of Julia's ever-present voice in her family's Tijuana home. Claudette, what's your Julia moment?
6: Oh God, I have so many but the one that i i hold very close and actually when i tried to go to culinary school i wrote it as my essay was julia child was such a figure in our household such a warm presence in our household when we were growing up in tijuana we were learning english the same time my parents my mom was um And Julia Child is, my mom was learning how to cook while she was learning how to speak English. So, Julia Child was always on TV. We had PBS when we lived in Tijuana, and we were, we learned English when watching TV. And Julia Child, her voice was just like, it would reverberate through an entire household. And my mom would watch it so loud while the pots were going crazy. Um, And, you know, when she had the show with Jacques and how they cooked, and I was just, I didn't realize how much of a, like an influence they would have in my life and how, how I would pull these memories out. Cause I, it didn't resonate until I had to write that essay of like, well, why do I love food? Oh, 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 I had those moments, you know, and she taught me so much in her, in just the way she lived her life through the show and, and, um, aside from English, I'm surprised I don't have this insane sounding accent because we were watching the BBC network shows of Are You Being Served and J- Julia Child and Jacques Pepin. It's like, wow, how did we not end up with a crazy sounding accent? But uh, Julia was this very, very nonchalant about her immense knowledge. Like you just heard in that clip of like, no one's going to know. And that is when I started in the industry, started in pastry. It was very regimented, very boxed in. And then when I started working for Javier Plasencia, who funny enough, uh, her, his family owns Hotel Caesars now. Uh, and I went through the Caesar, I call it the, you know, the uh, crucible of Caesar salad, where we had to learn exactly how to <laughs> make it by this tableside manner. Um, uh, and that kind of roundabout two degrees of separation with Julia of understanding what food is and to not take yourself so seriously and that mistakes can happen. The food still tastes good and give yourself a lot of grace, which I think she was like the queen of giving herself grace. And maybe, maybe not, right? Maybe behind closed doors, she completely beat herself up. But I, there's so much of her that my takeaway is. just enjoy food. We have one of the coolest jobs in the world that we get to eat for a living and taste and be curious. Uh, So my Julia moment was learning how to speak English with a very Julia um, magnifying glass.
0: Oh, I love that. Now I'm wondering, could your mother do like Julia's voice? If she was listening to it that (laughs) loud and that long, I was wondering if she did a Julia impression.
6: Oh yeah, we would bon appetit was also was Oh, yeah, you can't do it. Yeah. <laughs>
7: yeah. We
6: uh we my dad immigrated into the states in the 60s from Jalisco. So, uh, he was into LA particularly. So he was enamored by French cuisine. So while we were watching that, my mom was also making, you know, steamed artichokes with drawn butter and escargot from watching these shows on TV, which we were at the house, the only house in TJ eating escargot that <laughs> my dad found a can of escargot at some random bodega. Um, but we, yeah, I have so much to thank her for in the, in the optimism of what our food can be and, uh, you know, trying everything once is something that I, I my takeaway was from her. I was like, you yeah. know, taste it and a lot of butter which is like i mean words to live by really
0: i love that i love all those images and that picture you painted of of <laughs> family life at home in tijuana with julia and jock on the tv well thank yeah. you so much claudette for joining us today
6: no thank you for having me
0: we'll be right back with more julia moment you don't want to miss
1: Did you know that you can stream The French Chef with Julia Child on the PBS Documentaries' Prime Video Channel? Start your free trial today and see where America's obsession with cooking shows began, with one spirited woman who made French cuisine a spectator sport and forever changed the way we cook, eat, and think about food. In addition to The French Chef, the PBS Documentaries' Prime Video Channel features a vast library of high-quality, thought-provoking, factual programs for curious viewers. All from America's trusted home for documentaries, PBS.
0: Welcome back to part two of our Happy Birthday Julia show. Today we're celebrating what would have been Julia's 110th birthday in the second of two parts, featuring some of our favorite Julia moments from our last few seasons. These next Julia moments remind us of Julia's innate warmth and hospitality. Food writer Karen Stabener, in episode 135, shared her precious memory meeting Julia by chance at a fish restaurant in Santa Barbara. All right, Karen, what's your Julia moment?
7: (laughs) Well, um, I used to travel to meet another family. My family used to meet another family in Santa Barbara every summer. And for some reason, we went to this very strange and wonderful place called Pirano, which started with sushi and then spiraled out from there in every conceivable direction. It was, it was not at all what you think of when you think of a sushi bar. It was colorful. It was noisy. There was crazy stuff on the menu. Um, and we always had a good time. And we walked in one day, very large room, and off to the right was Julia Child with a friend of hers, And my party kept going because they didn't see her or recognize her. And I was rooted to the floor. And I had that quandary that you have. Would it be considered an intrusion or a kind gesture if I went over and said something? And then I thought, I cannot leave this room without acknowledging her presence (laughs) <laughs> and so I walked over and, you know, apologized profusely for bothering her. And she didn't glare at me. So I kept going. And all I could think of to say, because I was tongue-tied, was it's an honor to be in the same restaurant with you. That was the best I could do. And, and I got that marvelous laugh, which I'm not even going to attempt to to mimic, and a huge smile. And she said, yes. Isn't the fish just wonderful? And I thought, I'm having a conversation about fish with Julia Child. And I said, yes, it is, because I was really incapable of speech. And we had this little back and forth about what a fun place it was and how good the food was. And she loved to come here, and she certainly hoped I would enjoy my meal. And I sort of floated off to my table thinking, Okay, that is exactly what dining in a restaurant should be about. You're always willing to try something new. You're always willing to set aside your expectations of what, quote, great food should be. And you're always open to people who want to share that enthusiasm and the experience, even if it's just a 10-second exchange like that. It was... Absolutely, to me, the personification of hospitality and the joys of dining out. And it was years ago, and I have never forgotten it.
0: Oh, I love that. That, Thank you for sharing that. In episode 152, Blake Davis, the creator of Food Network's The Julia Child Challenge, shared his connection with Julia through his relationship with his grandmother, who was perhaps a better hostess than Cook. Blake, what's your Julia moment?
8: mine is a personal memory actually actually um i used to watch uh julia uh with my grandmother like on like i would stay over at her house and sleep over and we would watch julia child uh together and my grandmother was she <laughs> for some reason she saw something in me where she always could trust me to be like she was always kind of sneaking around and doing things she shouldn't do like she would always enlist me in these like missions with her and it would always be like don't tell your grandfather don't tell your parents you know and so I was always I was always like her partner in crime and and she every holiday she would um she would order like Thanksgiving or Christmas meals from like either like a market down the street or like a country club nearby or something like that and I would always be there very early in the day to help her, like, get the get all of the stuff into the house, unpackage it, put it in pans, and then put it in the oven as if she was really doing all these things before all the guests arrived. Like, I always had to be there early for some suspicious reason. I was always part of, like, this, like charade that she would put on every holiday. And I think everyone knew what was going on, but like she she still wanted to go through the whole like charade of it all. But I remember one year, you know, she was so stressed out by cooking. Like it was such an intimidating thing for her to have to like, you know, maybe admit to the family, like she's not a good cook or she didn't know quite what she was doing. It, It was important to her to like put on that air of like she knows what she's doing. Um, and so I remember one year she was talking about doing the turkey yourself and, um, and I encouraged her, I said, you know, like, who cares if you make a mistake, you know, like Julia Child even makes mistakes, you know, and I feel like when I said that to her, it kind of like resonated for some reason. It's, I remember distinctly her thinking about that when we talked, when we talked about that kind of like, you know, like, huh, you know, and then that year she did actually, cook the turkey herself, you know, and I know, um, you know, like it, it, you know, it turned out okay. I would say, you know, but, but it always struck me that like Julia's example of like, it doesn't have to be perfect, you know, and it was something that we shared together that seemed like it made it okay for her to try something that was obviously very scary to her. That was like, I think the only year that like she cooked, a lot of the meal herself, but it, it seemed like Julia gave her... Something about Julia's character made it okay to try it. You know, this very buttoned-up woman that had to, like, always look a certain way, be a certain way, come off a certain way to people. It seemed like Julia gave her the confidence to try, to you know, to try something that was very scary to her. And it, it, it made an impression that, like, if Julia Child could affect my grandmother that way by watching her on TV, like, I can't imagine what the effect she she has on all kinds of people you know i was like if anyone can get through to my grandmother i can't believe it's julia child so i always kind of think back about the that that memory of watching it with her and in having that conversation with her so
0: oh blake antonio are you crying cuz that, that
7: <laughs> I, <was> know, blake. <laughs> I know i <laughs> know thank <laughs>
0: you that's so that's really lovely and i i can picture julia loving hearing that story. I think that that's the kind of connection that she liked. And I think she would have said to your grandmother, I don't care that you don't cook it yourself. I love that you're getting food that you like and that you know people like and serving it to your family around a table that in and of itself, it's enough.
3: I also want to hear some other stories from Blake, maybe offline about what else his grandmother was, you know. Yeah, what
8: what the partner and what the criminal missions were. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. There's very entertaining stories about my grandmother. That's
0: another show. Yeah. (laughs) How better to wrap up part two of this year's celebration of what would have been Julia's 110th birthday than with someone who knew her well, likely someone you also know well, acclaimed chef, cooking teacher, and restaurateur Lydia Bastianich. Lydia recalls her time cooking risotto, singing in Italian, and a last martini with Julia. All right, Lydia, what, what's your official Julia moment? What would you like for the record?
2: Oh my goodness! What I loved uh, 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 about her is after she came to the restaurant, all that she realized she had risotto with mushrooms, and she loved it, and she wanted to learn how to make risotto. So. She came over the house, and I gave her a tutorial on mushroom risotto, but you know, having Julia over the house it was a big event, so I made other things. Uh, the family also joined after the tutorial was finished. Uh, my husband uh, played the accordion, and it wasn't unusual, and you lived in Italy for at the end of a meal, some instrument to come out, and the family sings together well we he pulled out the accordion. Started singing uh, an Italian, uh, an Italian favorite song. Don't you think, Julia? Started singing with us, not knowing the words or anything. <laughs> we ultimately taped this as well, and it's in one of her uh, MasterChef series.
0: So but that was a different time. So the, you was it that for the master chefs when you were on, did you recreate this sort of private Absolutely. moment that had happened? Yeah, because I've seen that I was like, I've seen this with your husband playing the accordion. but it had actually happened or sort yes. of more organically yes. before.
2: Yes, my mother was there, uh, my mother's companion. We were all there, just like a family, like we always had. She just felt so much. She fit right into the family. She sang with us. We drank some wine, and uh, it was one of the, the greatest day I knew then that, you know, uh, Julia was somebody that I really wanted to stay close to and I loved and I adored, and uh, she had a lot to teach. You know, my style uh, Todd, when 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 I, we did this Master Chef series, and the producer asked Lydia, would you consider it a show of your own? And she encouraged me all the way. And when I looked at her shows and her style, she was about teaching, sharing with the viewer. She was not about showing what she can do and how she can do it and whatever. Uh, And she would readily uh, point out her mistakes and all that. And and that was so wonderful for me because that's reality. And so I must say that maybe my style for the shows and for everything, even for the books, uh, is modeled and I guess mentored to some extent by Julia. But uh, a a touching moment was when uh, Julia moved back to Santa Barbara and I went to visit her. And it was towards the end uh, of her days, and she had uh, adopted a little black cat. Mm-hmm. And uh, we sat there, and she played with this black cat, cat. And you know the the comfort you could see that she was accepting this time of life uh, with the cat. We sat there. Uh, we went on to to have a, a martini on the on the. On the sea, on the beach there,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: and uh, it was the last time I saw Julia.
0: But you shared a martini together, we or saw, you each did. had your own, I assume. <laughs>
2: No, no, we each had our own. She, she was quite capable of having her own martini. <laughs> right.
0: Exactly. Wow. Do you, that, that's so, so you sat, so that, is that your last memory of being with Julia, is sitting it on is. the beach having a martini? Well, that, yes. that's, a, that's a pretty good one. From, from the first time of making risotto with mushrooms in New York to. Uh,
2: Absolutely. It was, uh, uh, and I cherish that moment in my memory.
0: That's all for our two-part celebration of Julia's 110th birthday, bringing you some of our favorite Julia moments from the last few seasons. For more Julia moments, make sure you're subscribed to Inside Julia's Kitchen wherever you get your podcasts. There's one, sometimes two, featured in every episode. Get in touch, send us an email or a voice memo to contact at juliachildfoundation.org, or better yet, tweet us at JuliaChildJCF. Let us know what you think about today's show. Even better, share your own Julia moment. If you're not already following us, it's at Julia Child on Facebook and at Julia Child Foundation on Instagram. It's at Julia Child JCF and I'm at T Shulkin on Twitter. The latest from the Santa Barbara Culinary Experience is on sbce.events and at Experience on Instagram. A reminder to please give us a review, it really does help listeners discover the show. The Julia Child audio clip from The French Chef is used with permission from our friends at GBH. Thanks to my co-producer at the foundation, Lauren Salkeld, and our sound engineer at Heritage Radio Network, Armin Spengen. Our theme song is New French Horn by Novi Valtorni. We're on the air on Heritage Radio Network on Thursdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, with downloads available soon after wherever you find your podcasts. We look forward to bringing you back into the Foundations world next time on Inside Julia's Kitchen. Inside Julia's Kitchen is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.